Good morning. I uh, had it in my notes just so I wouldn't forget, but I don't think I needed it in my notes to ask and see if everybody else is enjoying the messages and the worship as much as I have these last couple weeks. Okay. You guys had me worried there for a second. Okay. I had to think about it a little bit. But seriously, I just feel like, especially the last couple of weeks with Pastor Tim's message on Fishers of Men and Pastor Greg's message on let's make musical, beautiful music together, I, I feel like we're on a different level than we were before. And God is just going to continue taking us from one step to the next, from glory to glory. And he's going to continue uh, to use this church in our lives and in the lives of people that that watch online. He's going to use this church and the lives of the people that watch online just to pick stuff apart and find stuff to complain about and point fingers at. He is going to use what he's doing here if we will allow him to. He's going to use it to change people's hearts and change people's minds and change people's lives. And it starts right here. And it starts with with what he's been doing in church. I wish every day was Sunday. I really do. And not just because I wouldn't have to work then. I wish every day was Sunday. I just love being here. I love being around all of you guys and all of our brothers and sisters and hearing the kids in the back and the, the messages that God's been giving us and the worship at both services. Diane uh, sang a special this morning at the eight o'clock service and it was beautiful. It's one song that, that uh, I, what's the name of the song? You don't remember? In something, yeah. In Jesus' name, Jesus name maybe? In Jesus' name. It's a beautiful song. It's one that I hardly ever, I never skip that one whenever I'm listening to Pandora or Spotify or whatever. But uh, she sang that and it was just so beautiful. And from 8 o'clock in the morning, well, probably from whatever time Tim and Bill get here at 6, 6 o'clock, 6.30, whatever time you guys get out here and start getting stuff ready, from that moment until the last person leaves and the last light is shut off and the last door is locked, God is moving in this place. He is doing something new at Jonathan Creek, and I am excited for it. And these last, the last two weeks, man, I just feel like it's on another level. I feel comfortable speaking for the other leaders of the church whenever I say that it's obvious who is leading this church. God has put humans in place. We have a lead pastor to lead us. We have a group of elders. We have a board. We have other pastors to come alongside. And he's put those people in place. But we all answer to one, and that is Jesus. And if that's not obvious, I would urge you to go back and listen to the last couple messages and how they go hand in hand and how God has just pieced them together to, to teach us and to lead us and to give us a story of how we can live our lives and ways that we can improve the kingdom of God. So I would encourage you, if you disagree with anything that I just said, go back on YouTube or Facebook or one of the podcast platforms and watch and or listen to it and then come back to me and see. And I really, really, really hope that that continues this week because this was actually Pastor Tim's week to preach. And I got a hold of him last Sunday after church and I said, hey, I don't do this very often, but I just really feel like the message that the Lord has given me is just, it falls perfectly in line with the last two messages. And I, I really think that it should be after the message that we heard last week. And praise God that we are in a church that doesn't operate out of a place of pride or, or it's all about me. It would be really easy for Pastor Tim to say, well, I'm the lead pastor of the church and I put the preaching schedule together and it's my week, so I'm going to preach. I would have said, okay, he's the lead pastor of this church. That would have made perfect sense. But he trusts the people that he has around him in leadership and around in this church. And he trusts that the Holy Spirit is going to lead us. I used Elizabeth Rasmussen as an example in first service this morning. She doesn't play at first service as often as she used to. And it would have been really easy for her to be like, well, if I'm not going to play, I'm not going to come. That would have been logical. 
but she was here this morning and she's been here every single week because this is where God has called her and it's not about her. It's about what Jesus, what the Holy Spirit wants to do in the service. It's not about me or Pastor Tim or Pastor Greg about, well, it's been four weeks since I got to be up on the stage and preach. It's my turn. It's what God has for this church. And I praise God that I serve in a church that has that mindset and is fixed on Jesus first and not man and not a schedule and not this and that. It's all about Jesus. And like I said, the last two weeks, the, the message on fishers of men and let's make beautiful music together. How good were, how were those messages? Let's give our other pastors a round of applause. Seriously. I, I'm, not just, I'm not just saying that or doing that to pump anybody up or just to get a round of applause. God is speaking through the pastors in this church. And I'm so fortunate to not only be one of them, but to get to serve alongside of and sit under their teaching and preaching as well. It blesses me every single week and I'm so thankful for it. But as Pastor Tim talked about being fishers of men and went into Matthew chapter four and reminded us of the importance now more than ever, it's been important for the last 2000 plus years, but I feel comfortable saying that it is more important now than ever to be fishers of men and preach the gospel. And I don't just mean standing on a stage with a microphone, I mean living the gospel, being fishers of men, being other people focused eyes on the, the hurting and the lonely and the lost of this world and speaking truth and life into their lives. And then Pastor Greg's message about let's make beautiful music together about how we each have a part of the body. I, I praise the Lord that my hands aren't feet. I could get nothing done. And I praise God that this church isn't filled with a bunch of Pastor Josh's. That'd be a mess. I'm so thankful that we have all of you here as part of the body and everybody listening online that that gives financially, that prays for the church, everything. You are all a valued member of the body. You were fearfully and wonderfully made and you are fiercely and passionately loved. That is not just me saying something that sounds good. This is not a motivational speech. That is scripture. That is the word of God because he loves you and he cares for you. And so as we continue on this journey that the Holy Spirit's taking us on, I want to go to Jeremiah chapter 42. And I'll give you a minute to turn in your Bibles if you would like or get your uh, Bible app out. No games, okay, just the Bible. Games are for after. I said that in first service mostly for Peter, but. (laughs) If you'd like to get your Bibles out and turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 42. Now, I usually, it's not often really that, Many pastors that I have heard or listened to use a lot of verses back to back. We're going to read the first 16 verses of Jeremiah 42. So bear with me. I'm not the greatest reader. If I mispronounce the name, Pastor Tim will lovingly correct me, I'm sure. Hopefully afterwards. So I don't get it. No, I'm just kidding. But so we're going to read through all 16 of these verses. But there is so much here for us that that God has for us to learn and understand today. So Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 1 it says, then all of the army officers, including Johanan, son of Kariah, and Jezaniah, son of Hoshea, the close, close enough, and all of the people from least to the greatest approached Jeremiah the prophet and said to him, please hear our petition and pray to the Lord your God for this entire remnant. For as you now see, though we were once many, now only a few are left. Pray that the Lord your God will tell us where we should go and what we should do. I have heard you, replied Jeremiah the prophet. I will certainly pray to the Lord your God as you have requested. I will tell you everything the Lord says and will keep nothing back from you. 
Then they said to Jeremiah, may the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not act in accordance with everything the Lord your God sends you to tell us. Whether it is favorable or unfavorable, we will obey the Lord our God to whom we are, we are sending you so that it will go well with us for we will obey the Lord our God. Ten days later, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. So he called together Johanan son of Kariah and all of the army officers who were there with them and all people from the least to the greatest. He said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, to whom you sent me to present your petition says, if you stay in this land, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. For I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you and and will save you and deliver you from his hands. I will show you compassion so that that he will have compassion on you and restore you to your land. However, if you say we will not stay in this land and so disobey the Lord your God, and if you say, no, we will go and live in Egypt where we will not be, see war or hear the trumpet or be hungry for bread, then hear the word of the Lord, you remnant of Judah. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. If you are determined to go to Egypt and you do not settle there, if you do go to settle there, then the sword you fear will overtake you there and the famine you dread will follow you into Egypt and there you will die. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word that is alive and active. Lord, use your word to teach us and to lead us and to to build us up, Father, to grow us closer to you. Holy Spirit, have your way in the rest of this service. May your words be the only words that are heard. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, there's a lot to unpack in those 16 verses. There's a lot going on there, but I think we can handle it, amen? Amen. Now, for a little context, if you go, I'm not gonna read more, I won't bore you with listening to me read, but if you go back to the end of Jeremiah 41, we find out and we can understand why the Israelites were fearful of the king of Babylon. At the end of Jeremiah 41, Ishmael had killed one of their own who was appointed to be a governor, who was appointed to be an official by the king of Babylon. But Ishmael had killed him and they were fearful that he was gonna do the same to them. There was conflict and he had killed one of their own and they were afraid that him and his men were going to come and attack them and there would be war and there would be famine and there would be all these terrible things. And so they thought in their minds, well, the best thing we can do is flee to Egypt. We'll just turn and run away from all of this. We'll just go back where we don't have to worry about all these things. But Jeremiah gives them a message from the Lord. See, the good thing that the Israelites did here is before they just made the decision, they sought out the wisdom of the prophet Jeremiah. They went to the man, of the, the man of the Lord and said, what should we do? Pray about it and tell God that we will do whatever he says. And the prophet Jeremiah brings him a message and he said, you can go back. You can go to Egypt, but it's going to cost you. You can flee and go where you want, but everything that you fear is going to happen here is going to happen there. He gives them a warning. He tells them, do not be afraid of the king of Babylon because I am with you. If you stay here in this place, I will plant you and not uproot you. I will build you up and not tear you down. What the Lord was telling his people was this. If anybody has Googled what this means in English, don't say anything. 
Because what that means in English is burn the ships. That is what the Lord was telling the people of Israel through Jeremiah. Naves combure is actually Latin for burn the ships. And if you're wondering what that means or what relevance that has, he didn't say burn the ships. Jeremiah didn't say anything about ships. He didn't even say anything about water. What does this mean? There's a couple of different origin stories for where this phrase came from. One of which is when conquistadors would sail across the sea to a land that they were going to overtake, the captains would tell all their men to burn the ships so that they couldn't turn back in fear. Whenever they entered battle and it got hard and they wanted to get out, they couldn't run back to the ships and take off back for home. Another explanation was that whenever the, the men came over to America and discovered America and this new land, many of them were fearful. Many of them didn't want to go and see what this land had to offer. They didn't want to go and find conflict. They wanted to go back to the ships where they had all of their amenities and where they were comfortable, where they had their own possessions, their own belongings. And the captain said, burn the ships. We will not retreat. We will move forward. That is what the Lord was telling his people of Israel. Think about this. And I, I hadn't thought about it until I was getting ready for this message, but the people of Israel wanted to flee where? To Egypt. Does anybody remember anything about Egypt in the Old Testament previous to this? They wanted to go back to where their ancestors were enslaved. Their first thought whenever they saw conflict was, well, I'm just going to go back there. It may be terrible, but at least I know what to expect. It's going to be awful. I really don't want to be in chains anymore, but, you know, I've got calluses on my wrists. Their first thought when they faced hardships was to go back. Was to go back to the place of slavery. It was to go back to the place of bondage. It was to go back to the strongholds that had held the Israelites for centuries. We do that all the time though, don't we? I do. There's many things in my life that I've that I have defeated or that I've gotten past and then whenever things get hard I'm like, well, the that made me feel a lot better though. That was way easier. People do it all the time. We, we all know somebody that has struggled with some form of addiction. And, and they, they beat it and they have a, an incredible testimony and they go weeks or months or even years. But when things get hard, man, it got me in some trouble, but I felt so much better back then. It wasn't as scary because I knew what to expect. We all know somebody that, that, that may have relationship issues and, and they break through and things are great and their marriage is wonderful for a while. And then it's not so great. Their spouse does something wrong or they feel unwanted or unloved. Well, there was that one other person that kind of made me feel special one time. I'll just go talk to them so I, I can feel special. A lot of people, mostly men, but not all men, I'll just, go, I'll just go back and get the computer out whenever the wife goes to bed and I'll just watch, I'll just watch those videos that I used to watch all the time. I'm going to feel horrible afterwards, but at least I'll feel good in the moment. I just don't know how to process all of my emotions. I just need to, I need to cover this with food. I need, to, I need to go and eat this comfort food. I need to go and seek out this person that makes me feel better. And we all run right back to Egypt. 
We find one, one form of, of adversity in our path and we just want to turn around and run. Unfortunately, some of us don't even take time to consult the Lord. Because if we did, would the Lord ever say to go back to where you came from? Would he ever send you back into bondage? You're right, you were a better Christian whenever you really needed me more because you were miserable, so just go back and do that. You don't need your testimony. It's like my word says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, right? We do this so many times in our lives and we, because we aren't willing to face the unknown, burn the ships and move forward. Even Jesus told people to burn the ships. Again, he didn't use it in the exact words. But if you go to Luke chapter nine, verses 57 through 62, Jesus tells men to burn the ships. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Don't look back anymore. Burn the ships and move forward in Christ. Whatever the ships are, if it's anger, burn the ships. Quit being bitter about what someone said to you a week ago or a month ago or a decade ago. If it's, if it's frustration or anger towards somebody, burn the ships. Move forward. The only thing holding it on to you, holding on is going to do to you is drag you down with it. All of that negativity, all of the things that those people say to you, all the things that you've gone to are the anchor that's on the ship that needs to be burned. Burn the ships and move forward. Burn the ships and become fishers of men. There is so much shame holding people back from sharing the gospel. Well, yeah, he saved me, but I'm still not perfect, so how can I tell anybody else about Jesus and use my own life as an example if I'm not perfect either? Burn the ships. Forget the shame. You are not the person that you used to be. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again, that he sits at the right hand of the Father, you are forgiven for all of that. Burn the ships. There is so much anger and frustration and unforgiveness that holds us back. We're all here because at one point, we were willing to burn one ship and trust God. But now we've gotten another one. Like, well, this one's okay. This one's way better than that last one. I'm just going to stay here. Burn the ships and take your seat in the symphony that God has for you. Do your part. Be who God has called you to be. We are all members of one body. We all serve a different purpose. 
1 Corinthians 12, 15 through 17. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? We are not all as gifted at being an evangelist as other people, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't evangelize. We may not all be as good at public speaking as other people who are preaching a message. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't preach the gospel. I may not be as good at a lot of things as some of you, but if God has called me to spread his word and spread his love, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Some of you guys might not be as tech savvy as I am with being able to make graphics and post stuff on Facebook. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't share the gospel online too. We let ourselves hold us back and we, we get into this mindset of I'm not good enough or I'm not the right person or I'm not smart enough. Burn those ships and be who God created you to be. God created you. So if you're not smart enough, he did something wrong. Does God make mistakes? God never makes mistakes. And he did not make a mistake when he created and designed you. People design things for a specific purpose. The vehicle that you, were, that you drove here in today was designed specifically for a reason. There are different kinds of vehicles for a reason. I cannot fit my wife and three children in a Prius. And there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't be comfortable sitting in my truck that sits up higher off the ground and driving it. But they were all designed for a reason. You were designed for a reason. Burn the ships of negativity and doubt and move forward in your calling Pastor Greg said it last week, find out what you're passionate about and where that intersects with the gospel and go. You don't need man's approval to preach the true gospel of Christ. They may have written it down so that we knew what it was 2,000 years later, but they didn't come up with it. It came from heaven. Jesus became man for us. He that knew no sin became sin so we could become the righteousness of God. Burn the ships that say that you're not. See yourself how Christ sees you. I may be a sinner saved by grace, but Jesus sees a righteous servant of his when he looks at me. I may look back and see who I used to be and I might be able to use that as testimony to see from point A to point B what God can do. But when he looks at me, what I used to be is as far as the east is from the west, he sees a righteous son or daughter of the king. Burn the ships that say otherwise. Leave the past in the past and set your eyes on the things before you and on the things above. All Jesus needs is your heart. I've heard it in many different arenas from church to locker rooms. The best ability is availability. And that is true when it comes to the body of Christ. You make yourself available for God to use and your life will never be the same.
But more importantly, the lives of those around you will never be the same either. All he needs is for the body of Christ to live life like Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Burn the ships and live by faith today. Trust God to do what he has promised you he will do. I know it's hard sometimes and sometimes we get discouraged and it's so much easier to go back. But if you burn the ships, there's no other option but to move forward. And if you start to burn your ship and somebody runs over with a fire extinguisher trying to put it out, stop them. If they want to come and remind you about how terrible of a person you used to be, no. If they want to come up and say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so did this and, and you shouldn't go to church with them because they're a terrible person, no. Burn the ships and let them go. Let them go. I know the church as a whole feels weaker now than it used to. And people want to keep blaming everything that happened in 2020. I'm over it. Amen. I want to just keep using these excuses. Oh, well, we have a lot more empty chairs in our, in our churches because we had to close them for a few weeks. Burn the ships of excuses. Burn the ships of excuses. Even the Israelites in Jeremiah 42 that we read just a little while ago felt this way. It said, they told the prophet Jeremiah, please hear our petition and pray to the Lord your God for this entire remnant. For as you now see, though we were once many, now only a few are left. Pray that the Lord your God would tell us where we should go and what we should do. They didn't say, well, we worse used to be many and now we're few. Like, well, can you send more people and then we can move forward? They said, we used to be many and now we are few. Pray to the Lord your God and tell us where we should go and what we should do. Their focus was forward. And what did the Lord tell them? If you stay in this land, I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you, for I have relented concerning the disaster I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord, for I am with you and will save you and deliver you from his hands. Now, I'm not arrogant enough or ignorant enough to think that the prophet Jeremiah wrote this for the Israelites and the J. Creekites. He wasn't speaking directly to us. But what I do understand is that we serve the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I serve the God that uses the weak things of this world to confound the strong, that uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. That is the God that I serve. We serve a God that has proven time and time again that if his people are willing to be used, he will use them no matter what they look like, no matter where they came from, no matter where they started, no matter where they're going. If we are willing to burn the ships and move forward, God can use us. We serve a God that can use you and can use me and can use us to make an impact on his kingdom. 
even the Apostle Paul, he may not have had the opportunity to burn his ship, but he had a few of them that wrecked. Three times to be exact. And I don't remember reading, and maybe it's in one of the newer, the newer versions of Bibles that they come out with today, but I don't remember reading Paul say, man, this really stinks, my ship wrecked. Really wish I had my old boat back. That one was so much nicer. His shipwrecked, and he went onto the island. And he said, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? You want this serpent to bite me on the hand? That's fine. I'll shake it off. And I'll use it as an example of the power that you have in my life. And he knew what was coming next. Because he knew that anything that comes from God is better than where I'm at right now. He wasn't fearful. He didn't go back and he didn't tell people, hey, try to fix that thing. We got to get off this island. We can't stay here. He got to the shore and he marched forward. When God's ready for me to go, he'll bring another ship. I'll get on in. If that one wrecks, he'll bring another one when he's ready. Because he trusted the Lord. He had faith in God to take care of him. Is anybody else here this morning ready to leave the past in the past? whether it's things that you've done that you feel ashamed of or feel guilty for, whether it's something that's been done to you that you feel shame or embarrassment by. Is anybody else ready to leave the past in the past and burn the ships? As Lindsay and Allie come up to to get ready to close us in song this morning, I want to do something else that I haven't done before when I'm giving a message. Usually I wait and open the altars after the, afterwards and have you come up for prayer or anything like that. But I want to invite forward the people that are ready to burn the ships and move forward. I want to challenge the church today to take a stance that we are no longer going to let the things of the past dictate our future. We will let the God of our hearts the God that created us dictate our future. If you're ready to burn the ships today, would you stand and come forward? Is anybody willing to stand up right here, right now, burn the ships and move on? Lathan, if the camera gets weird, you can zoom out a little bit, whatever you want to do. Now don't come up just because other people are, you think it looks cool or it sounds good because this isn't just an emotional thing. This isn't just a a one-time thing where we're gonna do this because it looks cool on camera to have everybody come up. I'm not worried about anything other than the future of the hearts that are right here right now. The future of the hearts, they're gonna watch this later and they're gonna stand up in their own homes. This isn't just a, a symbol. If you come forward this morning, it's to burn the ships and trust God completely. In every aspect, in every part of your life, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, burn the ships and trust God. Don't be just hearers of the word, but doers also. From this point on, we no longer let what has happened dictate what 
is coming. We give everything to Jesus. We give him control. And while it may be scary to give up control, I can promise you, you can read from cover to cover in scripture and there's not one instance, one person, one group of people that ever gave God control and regretted it. There is not one life that ever gave itself to the Lord and stayed the same. Father, I thank you so much for this group of people, Lord, that is willing to step out in faith, burn the ships and move forward with you to burn the ships of the past and move forward in our place that you have for us in the body of Christ. To move forward and boldly proclaim the truth of your word and the gospel of grace. Lord, stir in the hearts and the minds and the spirits of everyone here this morning and don't let this be a single occurrence, Lord, but let this be the beginning of a transformation that you take us from glory to glory. That you draw us closer to you and right standing in relationship with you. Let us never forget the work you did on the cross for our salvation, Lord, but to make us stand right in your eyes that we can come into your presence and boldly come to the throne of grace. Lord, never let us be the same as we leave this place today. We thank you for your grace, for the blood that your son shed on the cross at Calvary, Lord. We thank you that in you all things are possible. Jesus' name, amen.